0: this episode was previously recorded on april 10th 2015 jim and aaron still have lunch every friday at 1 p.m eastern join club.baldmove.com to watch these lunches live in real time and get access to lots of other premium content Hey, welcome to another Lunch with Jim and Aaron, Friday, April 10th edition. Five days left to file your taxes. Did you know that, Jim? I think we're in trouble. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? So, we got a couple things to talk about today. Uh, I'm going to talk about rural Indiana, mushroom hunting, going clear, and I have a fabulous, fabulous transition into those topics i hope so we also have the q a app open and let me get it going on our end so if you've got any comments or stuff to talk about while we are talking um they don't have to be in relation to anything we're talking about uh if they're not in relation it will probably be till towards the end of the thing before we get to them but we will get to them so there we go um before we do that, should we talk a little bit about what we've been doing behind the scenes of Bald Move? Yeah, why not? Can I talk about the thing we did yesterday that wasn't justified? Not any details, just the mm. fact that we started. I think that would be exciting. Okay. We start. No, yeah, no details. <laughs> not, you know what? Sure you, how this is you, turn you talk out about it. I'll just sit on my hands and cover my mouth. Uh, I don't think it's any secret that we like True Detective. Well, it's out now. Yeah. There, you said it uh season two preview came out mm-hmm. and we decided it was high time and they announced the date of season two which scared the shit out of me because we wanted to go back and cover season one before we did season is it may two. or june it's in june i okay. think it's june 21st good or something um so we realized oh we don't have a lot of time to do that and uh we started working on that yep. yesterday Yesterday is a day long remembered. It'll be remembered as the day we kicked off our True Detective Season 1 coverage with the goal of having you know these coming out in the weeks right up to this True Detective Season 2 because what better way to get ready for Season 2 Yeah. even though they're not related at all mm-hmm. in terms of story than to cover Season 1. What did you think of the trailer? Uh, I thought it was fine. I thought it was fine, but something Dee said kind of um, took me back. She said that she wasn't excited for it based on the you know what really grabbed her in the <laughs> i wasn't excited for season 1 based See on I the was you asshole uh based, based on the gothic she said the gothic southern look to it and i guess i don't know there was something kind of really mythic and epic about the the pre-publicity shots of matthew mcconaughey and woody harrelson yeah, yeah. In a way, they had a that, style that this one didn't. This is more Beastie Boys sabotage music video, uh, as far as the aesthetic, okay, which you might be fine. And I, I loved what I saw from Rachel McAdams in it. I liked what I saw from Colin Farrell, frankly. I am, I thought Colin Farrell a looked a surprisingly cool too. big Colin Farrell fan, yeah, uh, a surprisingly small Vince Vaughn fan, yeah, uh, Colin Farrell has done a lot of really quirky and different stuff as of late. And I'm super happy about that. And I hope that extends into this. Not that he needs to be a quirky character necessarily, but that, you know, he started off as kind of like action hero, leading man type stuff. I Uh, don't know because I feel like Colin Farrell always done really interesting things. I don't know. Do you consider uh, the recruit interesting? Like well, he played opposite Al Pacino as just generic FBI guy who the plot of that was fairly interesting. Yeah. Right. But I don't know that his character was interesting at all. Sure. Um and that and he's gotten into more interesting stuff in recent times. Like okay. horrible bosses. My God. Mm. The character he plays in that is ridiculous. But sure. but I like it. Uh speaking of Colin fair it, it's not speaking at all uh except for he was in uh he played a terrible villain in a daredevil adaptation <laughs> yeah. daredevil dropped for netflix last night and i've huh. heard from folks have seen a couple episodes says it's really good i know you don't all give right. a shit because you're not a comic book fan yeah but i'm pretty excited about and the thing is i don't think i'll be able to get around to seeing it to like maybe wins next wednesday Oh no! <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> goddamn you! Like I got said yesterday. Oh, you got wait a whole. I minute. hope there is something that you are passionate about that I can shit on in a public forum. I, I cannot wait. How about my passion, my passionate hate for Vince Vaughn's constant smirk? Mm. How about you know, that, I, misplaced. Like it doesn't belong in the scenes I saw him. And he pushes a guy, and then he's like, "Well, the good news is Vince we're Vaughn, not I'm getting we're, we're not getting the bloated." Uh, phoning in Vince Vaughn. It looks like he's actually trying on this. I think you're right, and I hope he does. But, God, can the guy not do anything that isn't rye? Uh, well, I know I can't. Uh, George L. is super excited about uh, our True Detective coverage, and uh, right. I'm excited about it too. What else? Um, so, the other thing that came out last night is Louie, new season of Louie, and it is bonkers. And a lot of people are like, well, why don't you do a comedy roundup? And I just... After I watched that, I, it was really good, but mm-hmm. I don't know how and what I would comment about it because there's something just kind of dangerous about Louie um, and subversive that I wouldn't mm-hmm. feel comfortable talking in a public forum about anything. Huh. That he, I, I, that he gets away with because he's a comedian? I don't even know that he gets away with it because he got a lot of shit for some of his takes last year. I'm just saying that, like, I think that doing Louis. Uh, is a fairly brave thing to do, just because it is it 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 is not in anyone's comfort zone. And like Eugene, you are a cowardly man, is what you're telling me. Yeah, essentially, essentially, <laughs> I am not a I am not a brave man. Huh? Okay, uh, I, I'm kind of with you. Um, a lot of the topics that he brings up, a I know nothing about. Um, a lot of stuff with his kids. What the fuck am I going to say about that? Uh, and B, yeah, they're difficult to talk about because they're sure. You know, they're things that happen to people in life, but they're the uncomfortable things. Sure. They're the things that no one really knows how to handle. And to try to take that and put it on a podcast seems like a step further in the uncomfortable direction. Yeah, yeah. And most other comedies, it's just like, if you really think about what a comedy podcast would look like, it kind of goes down like, you know, the Chris, uh, was it Chris Farrell? The really fat guy from SNL? Farley. Chris Farley his like his interview style, like, remember when this... Exactly. It was really funny, right? Yeah, super funny. Yeah, if you take our Better Call Saul podcast and remove all the interesting plot discussion, yeah, it'd be like, oh, I really like that scene like where he gets the garbage dumped on his head. Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. And the poopy diaper fell on him. I'm glad I heard you say that. Super good. Bob Coat Odenkirk, <laughs> what a funny guy. Uh, Tyler shumley my rating partner in Destiny, uh, said, have you guys seen In Bruges... Uh -uh. I enjoyed Colin Farrell quite a bit in that. Ralph Fiennes is the best, though. I have not seen that, but it's kind of one of those lists where I would like to see it. I think that's the one where, isn't it uh, the one, the Gleason Gleason guy? Is it Dan or Glenn Gleason? What Gleason? Uh, I don't know. He's like the chubby red-headed guy. He played a villain and won the Mission Impossible. He played uh, Mad-Eye Moody in Harry Potter, which I know doesn't help you out. Uh, Uh But yeah, no, I think they're, they're playing two hitmen. They're hiding out in bruises it's not joffrey it's not joffrey okay but i'm excited to see that um what was i going to get to so this weekend <clears throat> my it's my nephew's birthday party and mm. he wanted uh, among other things a boomerang so i went on amazon and i got two boomerangs so you went to australia no nope. came back with no nope. i got like a nice a high-end wooden one mm. that actually has an instruction booklet and all that kind of stuff and then i also got like a a foam nerf one that I, that, that I think he actually will have no problems handling, but if he wants to be really into it and he wants to get into a nice one, then he's got the the nice one as well. Oh, and they were cool. cheap. Like the I high end one was so, like yeah. 15 bucks with an instructional book look and everything. Yeah. I'm sure you can get, you know, handcrafted by crocodile Dundee, you yeah. know, dirigity do editions that are uh, upwards of a hundred dollars made out of the finest obsidian that you can kill a kangaroo from 500 paces. But, uh, uh-huh. you know, That's not that one, but I really want to know the history of the boomerang, like why it was invented, uh, what purpose it served at that point. So I guess I actually have, done. you know, the history of the oh, my God, Uh, the 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 original aboriginal, uh, the (laughs) aboriginal boomerangs. (laughs) were like big heavy L-shaped deals. Okay. That were designed for killing. And they they like just... hand to hand combat killing. No like throwing well, and killing. Like hunting. So and you would okay. kind of like throw them like a you know like just a heave style and they they didn't understand why this worked as aerodynamic principle, but it would oh. glide and if it was you did you cause blunt force trauma to a koala bear or whatever. <laughs> Poor koala. And I guess the the modern ones that returned um, Evolve from that for like um, uh, used for um hunting birds and things. Like, so you'd set up a net really? around the bird and then you'd use that as like something that would scare them and they would like fly up into the net and the guys, and oh. it, would, it would come back to General vicinity so you wouldn't lose it in the brush. Okay. Not like you had to hit a flying bird no. at a thousand yards. No, 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 no. It's essentially like, a, you know, something to make them startle and fly up so you could net them. Okay. Uh, and kind of drive them in a general direction. Gotcha. So they were all for, for hunting, maybe warfare, although it seems like, uh, you know, whoever invented the bow and arrow on the Australian subcontinent would just be, would murder people coming at yeah. them with the big, heavy battle boomerangs, but whatever. How big are the battle boomerangs? They're the ones I've seen, like the, I guess, prehistoric ones, are like, you know, if you set them on the ground, they would come up to, like, my nipple area. Jesus. No, they're they're big. They're big. All right. Because you have to, you know, they're they're heavy blunt force trauma type things. Anyway, uh, so we were going to go to have a birthday party at my sister's house. And uh, my grandfather's been old and, and sick for this past year. Well, he's been old for a while. He just got sick this last year. And he's got this farm down in Spencer, Indiana. And he was talking, I guess, over the winter, how he's worried about not being able to take care of it. And and, and as much as he's used to. So all, the family decided on this weekend to go down and get the farm like ready for the year. Hmm. Uh, so my sister decided to consolidate. Uh, the birthday party down to the cleanup effort. So they're going to do, you know, oh, all yeah. the cousins will be there anyway. You can have the cake right. and the gifts, and then you also can clean up and kids can play in wood. Also, this is prime mushroom hunting season. Mm. I don't know if you knew this, but in, in Midwest, there's a particular species of, of mushroom. Truffles, black truffles. No, it's it's <laughs> it's called morel. Let me see if I can find a picture of these delectable things. Morels. Huh? Or, oops, this is the wrong keyboard. <laughs> Always gets me. Got to switch this fucking Mac keyboard. Uh, Morel, why is it not working, man? Oh, it's I think doing there's this lag. Bullshit. <laughs> is this because it's not penetrating through the steel table? It could be. <coughs> ah, anyway. Um, Morel, mushrooms. There we go. Hmm. Oh, look at these fuckers. All right. Yeah. Interesting looking. Can you throw one of those up on the I'm screen? I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. I think okay. I've with our live watch technology, we can make this happen. Um hmm. Let's remove that. Add a screen capture area of roughly this size. Boink. Uh-oh. Oh, I'm gone. Yeah. God damn it. You have been consumed by the shrooms. <laughs> Not the first time. There we go. Yeah, so, well, t- turnabout's fair play, Jim Jones. Not the first time, not the last time. These are morel mushrooms, and uh, you hunt them by essentially walking through any kind of heavily wooded area, and as you can tell, they're, they're the, the reason they're primarily hard to find is because uh, they've got an interesting texture, and they really match in with the forest floor. I hunt them with boomerangs. Yeah, well, it's good, because, you know, you, get them, you, you cut them off at the stock, mm-hmm. and you really get mass chaos. Um, sure. But yeah, I'm hoping. What, do they taste like you know any other mushroom? Uh, no. I mean, truffles have like an oil in them that makes it right. especially delicious. These but. things are kind of light and they have um, a very firm texture and a nutty flavor. Yeah. Oh, More okay. of like a kind of a a, a mild walnut. Yeah. And yeah. and what we do is we uh, we soak them in a brine solution for 24 to 48 hours to uh, first of all to kind of flavor them but also to drive all the bugs and shit you would not believe the shit that comes out of the brine solution when when you brine Ooh. them up yeah and better, then we bread better them better and better. fry them uh oh, okay and they they go for about a hundred pounds or 100, 100 a hundred a bucks on a pound during the season because they only grow from like mid-march to mid to late may and then they're gone um you start a mushroom farm yeah i i've researched the matter and it turns out that these don't do well they don't domesticate and i'm not sure why there's Hmm. a bunch of theories about why but anyway i'm hoping to get a pound or two to bring back because my girlfriend's never had them my son's never had them i haven't been to the farm in like three four years at this point Hmm. so i'm I'm pretty excited to go back here's where the segue to going clear the scientology documentary we saw (laughs) comes into okay my brother and my mother are going to be Ah. at this family throw in to clean up the farm situation and they do not know that we are simultaneously uh, celebrating my nephew's birthday (laughs) do they know that you're going to be there i i mean that's always a danger of like the big family things is running into them but like i don't give a shit like Yeah, yeah it doesn't intimidate me but your mom will yeah, and I don't know what she's going to do—whether she'll leave or whether she'll just like go for a long walk while we're doing it, and and not acknowledge this thing's happening. I, I, I mean, it's almost the perfect storm of of religious uh, bullshit. Religious, sure, sure. Religious uh, nervousness is the birthday party slash disfellowshipped relative combo. So, if you don't know, Jehovah's Witnesses don't celebrate birthdays. They don't celebrate. any holidays period zero wedding anniversaries are really the only thing they kind of get together and celebrate okay yeah as a congregation or even as a family everything else uh and there is a a form of easter they call memorial that they celebrate on good friday but they do according to the jewish calendar so it's like that's the only one like actual real holiday yeah like if you compare it to easter that they would celebrate but even then, they have a weird twist on it. And then they pass the the bread and the wine uh, only people that uh, that, they're, that they think are going to heaven. Because most witnesses don't believe they're going to heaven; they believe they're going to inherit paradise earth. I don't believe Armageddon. most witnesses are going to heaven either. I I suspect they're not. Uh, <laughs> but they think only one hundred forty four thousand, most of whom they think are, are been dead over the last you know twenty centuries. <laughs> Uh, so you got this weird spectacle where it, the way the averages work out is like there's one quote unquote anointed heaven going person eating bread and wine for every four or five congregations. So in a lot of congregations, you pass bread and wine and no one eats. The entire congregation passes the bread, passes wine, okay. and no one partakes. And they dump the wine. They throw the bread in the trash. And then you in the in the in the dumpster. Christ's body and his blood get thrown in a dumpster, and, and there you go. That's that's a, disti- a distinguishing factor. They don't believe that it's literally his body and his Sure, blood, but that's unlike not... Unlike Catholicism, which does. Yeah, yeah, they did the whole yeah. transubstantiation. Um, so anyway, that's going to be interesting, and I that kind of segues us into the discussion of going clear, because you and I both saw it, and it had a profound impact on us. Yeah, I saw it a little over a week ago, I think. Like most people, because it came out a little over a week ago. Well, I was I was a little late to the party. Like like maybe I saw it five the next or day. So days. Yeah. Everybody was saying how good it was. And I I still had yet to watch the Jinx at that point. Mm. And so I blasted through the other five episodes or whatever I had of that. And then got to going clear. That was a, a one, two punch documentary series right there. Sure. It's interesting because like Scientology is cra- like they have more outside the mainstream, crazy religious beliefs and Jehovah's Witnesses. Jehovah's Witnesses have a lot of crazy beliefs, but you know, you always boil it down. You've got a monotheistic God. You've got His Son that died for us, and uh-huh. you've got some kind of eternal at- reward and afterlife. For Scientology, it seems more just made up. You know, it's it's yeah, it's Lord Zenu sent uh, a bunch of people down to Earth due sure. a overpopulation, put them in volcanoes, blew them up with nukes, and now they roam the countryside sure. as body thetans and shit. Right. And you you have to essentially exercise these things uh through these e-meters and these auditing and all that stuff. And it's it sparked a lot of conversation about cults. I've seen on our forums and on Facebooks and people are kind of debating and talking about it. I thought it's interesting um as a as a former Jehovah's Witnesses watching a Scientology documentary how much I identified with the people talking, you know, um and Especially the last thirty minutes where they talk about uh, the the Scientologists call it disconnection. Witnesses call it excommunicate or um, disfellowshipping. It's excommunication. yeah, and it's essentially where your your family and your loved ones no longer stop so' will, will speak to you or have any kind of dealings with you. Mm-hmm. And um it's a really effective control mechanism because you know, if you're if you're involved in that, if you're involved in either of the religions long enough, you kind of lose all your friends to the exclusion of the the religion because Jehovah's Witnesses yeah. are very demanding with your time and who you associate with. And you don't do, I, I kind of suspect most of the reasons they stop celebrating holidays is because it furthers severances of your familial and friendship ties. Yeah. They, they want you to be isolated. They call no part of the world, which means basically all of your interactions with people right as much as possible you know you have to go out in the real world to do your grocery shopping and shit right as much as possible they try to keep your interactions within the congregation within the society i don't understand why we cannot as a civilized western society do more to crack down on religion like somebody said in the documentary it's like well if the fbi ever came into the hole which is this penal colony Like this is more extreme than anything I've heard from the witnesses. The witnesses have slave labor camps. Sure. Mm -hmm. And being sent home from one is kind of a bad thing, but you know, you get paid nothing, but you're well fed and well clothed and you're not really beat and you're given adequate medical care and all that stuff. Um, but someone said that, like, if FBI ever raided this, everyone at the facility would be like, "Oh, there's no abuse. Everything's fine. You know, we like living in this roach-infested, leaking hellhole." But it seems to me like it seems an established matter of law that you cannot consent to human violation, human rights violations, right? Um, that's one. The, it, that's so. one of the tricky things about BDSM. Like, if you are, if your thing is getting tied up and whipped and the authorities get involved they're going to treat that like abuse even if you've got like signed contracts and the person says no no I like it this way um, you know I don't know how it happens in practice but the legal reality is there's a lot of things where you can get in trouble there why isn't religion the same thing why can't the FBI raid that facility see human rights abuses going on and cr- and shut it down have they tried they got to know that they can't well the weird thing is they also they haven't. in the documentary the Scientologists beat the, F, beat the IRS. Yeah, I was going to go there. Um, that's, yeah, go there. That, that seems like, it, it honestly seems like, in some ways, the government is afraid to crack down on this, not because they don't think they can or they have the right or anything, but the legal hell that will come along with it in so, the form of, of legal harassment. But it seemed like the bane harassment is the individual Scientologist filed in mass mm-hmm. thousands and thousands of lawsuits against the federal, federal government. Why that it's essentially a legal denial of service attack. Why that can't the federal government deal with that some way? Like you'd think like, okay, we're going to take these thousands of individual suits and treat them as a class action and then summarily dismiss them or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, fe- it felt like they were kind of helpless in the face of this. And I'm like, that is scary to me that a powerful, motivated, um, ideologically crazy organization can bring the federal government to heel whenever it wants to. Yeah, I don't know. because it. I'm not sure. I don't know enough about the legal system and what powers the government would have for something like that to comment intelligently about it. So I won't comment on it. Um, other than to say... That's what happened. They basically got their tax exempt status, um, their religious status from a campaign of harassment, yeah. um, which seems to be their MO. Yeah. Anybody who talks bad about them, anybody who dares to come out and say that they are a cult or that bad things are being done there, they go after them mm-hmm. um, in very personal ways, mm-hmm. including, you know, not if if not outright threatening, then certainly harassing the family members. Sure. Um, doing really, really terrible things to people. Yeah. Uh, like, like campaigning outside their houses. And t- like if yeah. you and I spoke out against Scientology, which come and get us motherfuckers. Yeah, I don't um, give us shit. They would come outside of an apartment complex and they'd wear t-shirts with our picture on it that says child molester or let, hand out leaflets. Like, did you know what your neighbors are doing? And it would be full of lies and a bunch of other bullshit, but that's disturbing. Like, you know. I suppose so. I mean, I see. Because your neighbors, neighbors are thinking, wants- why would they be doing this, all this effort if this wasn't true? You know, sure, and 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 it's it's a chilling effect for sure. Yeah, no, it's it's kind of effective, and that's the thing about this documentary at the end that really impresses me is the way that these people were brave enough to, knowing the situation they were putting themselves in, come out and talk about it. Right. Um, especially these celebrities. I mean, uh, well, I, what's his name? Uh, the guy from Californication. The the dude who runs around David naked Kovny? all the time. No, 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 no. Um, it's it's some other guy who you wouldn't probably recognize. Okay. Uh, he he's he used to be a Scientologist and he's coming out and he's talking against them and you know he's given hundreds of thousands of dollars to these people sure. and you know he feels like a fool afterward and I think it's exceptionally brave of him to come out and say the things he's saying about this organization uh, in the face of what he knows could probably happen to him. Sure. Uh, I want to take this question from George Lantman because it's kind of a springboard into further conversation. It says, how much do you think the Internet will help people getting out of these cults in the future? It's an interesting question because undoubtedly the Internet is a huge help, uh, especially for people avoiding falling into the cults. Yeah, I I think it'll help a lot. But people that are in um, the witnesses, and I assume Scientology is the same way, is that you are it's beat into your head that. Worldly wisdom, which is anything doesn't come within the organization, is bad. And you can be excommunicated for exploring. Like if you like say apostate I, literature, and it's a very 1984 thing. Cause if you're married and your wife or your husband catches you with apostate, you know, anti Jehovah's witnesses material in your bookmarks folder, you can be brought up on in, in front of a judicial committee, which is a tribunal kangaroo tribunal of three elders and summarily excommunicated mm. for just that. So the, and and there's the whole like, y- if you're a genuine believer, you also want to, you know, you don't want to do anything that risks, you know, Satan deceiving you and these apostates pouring lies in your ears. And like right now, the witnesses are weathering this uh, storm of child abuse accusations because uh, there is merit to it. Uh, essentially witness there's a lot of really weird like witnesses went through and took like throughout everything in the reformation and there's this old this man that uh, came out of like the millennial movement back in the mid-1850s or the m- mid-1800s and they're just like clean the table and like we're just going to do a plain reading of the bible and reinvent christianity based on that mm-hmm. so they take a lot of really obscure biblical passages and base things like there's a there's something in deuteronomy about like if you have a dispute with your brother, you ha- go talk to him privately. If you, can't, um, if you can't set the matter straight, then you come back with two witnesses to the older men, and they'll get down to the bottom of it. And if there's not two witnesses, then you just have to wait for the Lord uh, to, to reveal justice in his own time. Well, that's all well and good. If you're talking about a business contract or somebody doing some just minor gossip or whatever, if you're a child that's been molested— How many witnesses do you think there are to a child being molested by their father or their uncle or some creepy dude in the congregation? Usually not two. Usually it's only the child. So, following this judicial guidance, The parents would be go to the elders and say, my kid got molested by this guy. And the elders would be like, well, you don't we don't want to go to the worldly authorities. We don't want to drag Jehovah's name through the mud because, my God, if it got out that there was a child molester in here. Think of the reproach on Jehovah's name. Uh, Do you have is there and they talk to the kid and they talk to the guy. If the guy denied it, then it's like, well, you know, what are we going to do? You just have to wait for Jehovah, brothers and sisters. Sure. Um, well, there's a lot of grown-up witness youth have gone through a lot. Like think of the Mm. Catholic church, church scandal from a decade ago, more so, and they're winning big money from the witnesses. And the witness reaction is to say, um, all these news reports and stuff are lies and malicious gossip spread by Satan and his world. So it's like, yes, the internet helps, but it, it doesn't help it if you're in it. Like by the time I started looking at quote unquote apostate material, I was already out the door. I was already pretty sure I was looking to, you know, some final proof before I blew up my entire life. Uh Um, But it's it's for a witness in good standing, there'd be no reason for them to ignore the society's direction to stay the hell off the internet. Like witnesses are encouraged to stay off of Facebook, social media, you know. For me, it's a little different. I I feel like the internet is what... I don't know. I don't want to say got me out of it because I was never really that into it. I was in it just deep enough and just superficially enough, um, you know, as a front to the other people that I could be excommunicated at the end of it. Yeah. Um, But in a way, the Internet kind of got me out of it because I spent a lot of my time as a youth on the Internet learning things like programming, learning things like uh, just that there was a wider world out there and that it wasn't all just what was in my church yeah and when it came you know when it came to it and i i never really believed all this shit and eventually i did things that you know that they frown on that i don't feel are bad things you fucked an elder's daughter Uh, yeah basically is what it comes (laughs) down to uh they don't like that it turns out uh so if i recall correctly her father sat on your judicial committee no oh okay no it was alan jack and mike okay okay it would not shock me because he he recused himself abuses of like you know it's a kangaroo court but at least they had the decency semblance the decency to excuse the man's father from it okay good yeah so i things that you know kids do and it's it's not it's part of growing up and it's not a big deal and then You know, you get you get kicked out for it. But the the internet had given me a foundation where I felt like I was independent enough, like I had at that time a job that I could go to. Yeah. And it wasn't like I was just getting kicked out into the streets, which can happen. Yeah. Certainly. I had like a foundation of a little bit of stability that helped me uh, not be so afraid of it, I guess. Well no, I mean like if you go to the ex-Jehovah's Witness group on Reddit, which yeah. is R slash. But before we before we get out of there, be, yeah. Jehovah's Witnesses are also very negative on education. So so if I wasn't educating myself throughout my teens, I probably would have been just kicked out with no education, go work a minimum wage job, just stuck in this hellish life because of all that. And I, I, you know, like, you know, you and I were a lot alike in that I really liked science and I really liked, you know, watching nature documentaries and I really loved programming. And I got on the internet at a very early age before the Witnesses even knew the internet existed. So I got exposed That's to some yeah. of the stuff, and, but it's like such – the best way I can think of it, and I don't know if you can even understand this, is, is to read 1984 to understand like what Winston went through in the cognitive dissonance mm. of being confronted with something that could directly con- – incredibly directly contradicts your worldview, but being in a system that the penalty for going along that train of thought is steep. Mm -hmm. it's essentially the destruction of everything that you uh, know and are familiar with in life. So you ignore it or you, you hand wave it away or or you minimize it or he's like, well, that's an exaggeration or, or or whatever. Um, So did the internet help us get out of the Jehovah's witness thing? I don't think so. I mean, the things that got me out of uh, I, I, I read a couple of books that had some things that got me kind of pulling at some doubts. There's a major prophecy uh, that the witnesses changed their doctrine on in about 2001, yes. that I was like, oh, one of those uh, things was a cornerstone where I'm like, well, if this is all true, then, you know, it's only a matter of time. Like I, I even thought back in the day, like if I am still a witness in 2014 and Armageddon not here, I'm peacing out. So <laughs> I got out a couple of years ahead of time, but I'd already set like mental like tests and they they switched this thing. And it was, I saw it happen and it was, yeah. Yeah, it was new kind light. Of, new light, and it was bullshit and then it's like well you go through these stages of all right i th- I, I think there there's a problem here but the majority of the stuff is right to some of this majority of stuff is shaky but i think they got some few key things right to all this is lies but it's not a bad way to live to i'm feeling trapped and i don't know what to do but i'm going it, it's not worth it to never speak to my mother and my brother and all my friends and all that stuff again. Yeah. And what really the final break uh straw to broke my camel's back is the birth of my son. Uh, and yeah, realizing yeah. that I am, I'm either Pushing going to in be pushed out or I'm going to have to put these same control systems yeah. onto my son. Yeah. That's and I'm disgusting. like, fuck it. I'm out. So yeah. it's, so it's weird as a person who's been on the internet since I was 12 years old, like when it was dial up and you had to do like PPP uh, yeah. uh, and, and you get on a BBS door and do this, all this bullshit um, running TCP IP stacks and stuff. <laughs> it, the internet did not help me at all. No, it didn't because okay. I trained myself to stay the hell away from those states. They're like bad neighborhoods you don't go into. Yeah. Now I think yeah, that, it's amazing how effective those control mechanisms are. um. It, It's something you said there is, you know, it's not a bad way to live. And I think if you're on the inside of this thing, you're having your life kind of fed to you. It's a very easy thing to go along with because there's nothing on the face of it that's negative. And it's it's like if you lose your house in a storm Mm -hmm. and you're poor, which most witnesses are. I mean, most witnesses because they're uneducated and they're giving all of their time and money over to the church. They're in the bottom percentiles for college. I mean, of of all religions, they're in the bottom percentiles yeah. for or deciles for edu- college education and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole congregation will show up Am- Amish style and fucking replace your roof, yeah, like free of charge. No, they they pitch in when they you get when seriously they have sick, a brother in need. You, you know? get seriously sick, they will they will get money to you. They will cook food for you. They will watch your kids for you. But don't you dare have a blood transfusion, <laughs> right? Um, so there's a lot of things that. You know, when you, when you first, that's the thing, like my mom was in the midst of a deep depression over simultaneously losing her two grandmothers right in a row when she got knocked on the door by this little old Jehovah's witness lady and said, you know, you know, my mom, you're going to see all those again in paradise earth and you're all going to be young and you're going to be happy. And like, you've been lied to by the religions and she wasn't too hip on the religions and she's at the lowest point in her life and she became a Jehovah's witness and You know, I I see a lot of debate about like, well, Scientology is any worse or better than any other religion. It's all crazy. It's like, you know, Christians saying the Scientologists are crazy are not looking themselves in the mirror. And I think that's a little offensive, because even if you think that the average person is smart enough or capable enough to get out of Scientology, you're not thinking about like drug addicts that are pushed into Narconon, which is a Scientology arm that lures you in with like some simple kind of 12 step stuff and some effective, like the, the, the intro level Scientology tech is fairly a well-established self-help type stuff that works. Yeah. And you see that working and they're not charging big money at that phase. It's as you go up. And by the time you get to the things like Xeno and volcanoes and body Thetans, you are so heavily invested that cognitive dissonance kicks in. Yeah. It's like, why didn't Winston just say, fuck off the big brother well, that's it's not an that's easy your question life at that point. Yeah. So it's like you're not you're not just abandoning this religion, you're abandoning your life and that's yeah. that's the key. And they're also if you look so I think the what really opens your eyes about what's difference between a religion that you can bitch and moan about and say oh AIDS in Africa and inquisition and all that, you know, and I'm right there with you. But the difference between a religion and a cult is what comes down to the BITE model. It's B I T E. And it's an extensive list of behavioral, uh, information, um, education. And I forget what the T is, um, controls and the thought. thing thought control. And the thing is, is like this works, this, this hacks your brains, your, your, your evolutionary wiring to get you to conform to something that is in, not in your self-interest and it doesn't happen right away. And it, and, and I, I don't think there's anyone that's immune to it. If you were in a particular position, and without the benefit of an education or information, that's the best vaccination for cults, honestly. Yeah. Uh, if your family loves you, and you're well educated, and you are a connected citizen in <laughs> the world, you're probably invulnerable to a cult. But uh-huh. think about everybody in your life that you care about, and how many of those people fit into those categories. I'm sure you can all think of friends and relatives and loved ones and people, workmates. People that fall for multi-level marketing bullshit. Mm. That's all cult stuff too. Sure. And now what if everyone in your family is in this cult? Right. And everyone is telling you that this cult is the right thing. That's the thing. Like, even, How do you ever get out even of Even if you have no sympathy for the stupid people to fall into it, you got to feel for the people like me and Jim who were kids. Like I didn't choose, you know, I was yep. busy running around in my underoos playing Superman and Star Wars. And my mom was being brainwashed into a cult. And then my mom took and brainwashed yep. me. You I was literally born were a into fucking it. baby, yeah. yeah, so it's like there that's that's a tough thing to get out of, sure so somehow i I don't know I've never really felt like I believed in anything that they told me uh it just so happens that I was in that scenario right I don't know i I don't feel like i like I was as deep into it as I could have been right had I been someone else or just Gave a shit. I don't know. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I was one of I was one of Jim's best friends. I had no idea he was closetly a disbeliever. You can't tell anybody. I spent hours you with you out in service, knocking on doors, preaching the word, out, doing all that. this shit. <laughs> uh, we all did. No one liked. No one liked. You have sure. to be an asshole to enjoy knocking on someone's doors on a Saturday morning, knowing you're getting them out of bed to uh, talk to them about the goddamn Watchtower. Yeah. And there are those assholes that love it. There are. Yeah. But, uh, I just realized yeah, we've, I, we've had this shroom back room <laughs> this whole time. Let's get rid of that. Um, I forget yeah, where I was I, going with this. You just, you can't tell anybody when you're in it because no. I mean, if I had said, yeah, I don't believe in any of this shit, you, would. that would have gotten back to the people. And the thing that ultimately did happen to me would have happened to me a lot sooner. That's where I was going to this Reddit thing. Like every week I, cause I, I stay up on Jehovah's witness stuff cause my son is still in it now. Uh, he's eight years old and he's already seeing it for mostly bullshit. And I haven't <laughs> even had to do a lot of work cause I've yeah. not, you know, I, I, did a lot of studying and a lot of talking to therapists and you know, uh, it's not a good idea to just basically tell your kid from an early age that your mom's filling your head for lies full of bullshit and God's not real and you know, all that stuff. So it's like, I've been uh passively resisting his brainwashing and it turns out it's paid in a lot of dividends because you know even at an early age he's seeing a, he's way far ahead of me as far as seeing this for what it is and seeing the hypocrisy already as an 8-year-old and some of the stuff they're doing yeah um but i see every week on this this extraverse witness reddit where 15 16-year-olds are coming and saying like this is bullshit yeah my whole family's in it what do i do and there's nothing. That, there's not a thing you can say other than suck no. it up for two or three years. Yep. Try to get a good job. Move don't out. Get baptized. Don't get baptized. Yep. But a lot of them are already baptized. Sure. At 11, I was baptized. Thirteen. I like fifteen. Yeah. Um. Some as young as eight. Sure. No, I think that's the best advice. Don't tell anyone. Yeah. Don't tell anyone. Wait till you're old enough to be independent and go do your thing. Um. So and, and try to try to educate yourself in the meantime as much as possible. You know, be on the. The Reddits. And, and if you know Jehovah's the Witnesses, the best thing you can do is uh prove to them that worldly people are not a bunch of amoral, selfish assholes. Yeah. Because that was another blow for me is getting out finally into the world and seeing that not people are pretty much nice. Like people are yeah. good. You don't want to be like, here's a bunch of apostate literature that's poisoned to your mind. And I'm going to try to rob you of your turn life. That's- However, if you want some apostate literature, I have an amazing recommendation for you. What's that crisis of conscience mm. that book. If you enjoyed going clear, um, and having the people behind the religion coming out and speaking out against it, go read crisis of conscience because it is the exact same thing for Jehovah's witness. Yeah. It, it, is, it Fred was Fred Franz, uh, used to be a member of the governing body, mm-hmm. uh, the governing body is the highest circle within this organization. seven old men in in uh, New York City that uh, run the entire Jehovah's Witness Empire. And they decide all the doctrine. They yep. decide, um, in a lot of cases, who will and won't be disfellowshipped, uh, stuff like that. Yeah. This guy, when he was like 60 or mm-hmm. 70, late in his life, decided, I don't believe any of this anymore. I've seen enough atrocities within this organization. Right. I'm done, and then he w- went and wrote a tell-all book about it. Crisis of conscience, excellent book. Yeah, excellent. Um, so we're kind of like at the bottom of this topic. I want to get, catch a couple Q and A's. Anthony Basish wants to know when did you both leave the, the JWs? I don't know. You just disappeared one day. You were disfellowshipped, and then I didn't. I didn't get in I touch with you for another like ten years. I didn't get disfellowshipped until I was twenty-one. Mm. They they brought me back in to kick me Just out. Just when you thought you were out, yeah, they they pulled me back in, and then uh-huh. they kicked me out. It happened to me too. Actually, did because I tried I, I tried to fade, uh-huh. um, because I didn't want my. It's such a stigma to grow up as a kid in the witness world where your dad's disfellowshipped. Yeah, like his little buddies can't come over to my house. Mm-hmm. I tried hard to make sure that didn't happen, but they fucking like private investigated my ass and collected enough information for me doing wrongdoing knocked on my door one day and said hey we got some serious allegations laid to you and i'm like get the fuck out of my house and a week later i got a phone call saying i'm disfellowshipped so yeah. i tried to leave on very peaceable terms because <laughs> i did yeah. not want to go through all of that no me too i was like look i'm 19 i just moved out i'm just not gonna go to meetings anymore just stay i'm, done. I'm done with the religion yeah i'm out and of course you can't be because like, you know, I, I won't name names here, but I had uh-huh. a lot of friends who were doing the exact same shit I was doing, and uh-huh. I was still friends with them when I moved out. They'd come over, we'd party, we'd drink, we'd do all the stuff that kids do. But then they'd get and in trouble. then They they wouldn't get in trouble. Oh, really? No, 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 because okay. I'm not going to rat those people out, mm. unlike some people I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, it's it's just so ridiculous that, you're, you're only a problem when you're found out, you know? Yeah. And I mean, of course it has to be that way because how would they know, but it it seems wrong that I could have all these friends I hung out with who were in the congregation doing the same stuff that I did and they yeah. just never got caught. So they never had any problems. And for me, I, I went through a much larger crisis of faith. faith. And yeah. I remember my first serious doubts being in like 2001, I was pretty much mentally out in 2002, 2005 or 2004, 2005, I, I was a, a ministerial servant, a deacon. And they actually, the the night they offered me, um, the advancement to elder, um, I turned them down and I said, in fact, I'm stepping down as a ministerial servant. Oh, wow. Uh, which was a big fucking shock. And, but I was going to just like sit in, you know, sit in the back of the hall and just kind of space out during the meetings. I stopped going out in service. I stopped giving talks. Yeah. Um, and I was just going to, I was going to be my life. And then my son was born in 2006. And in 2007, I just said, I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to do this. I ended up getting a divorce. And then I think in 2000, I was with you again, when I actually got the, this fellowship, it was like 2009, they'd finally tracked me down and, and, and kicked me out. Yeah. I think I was living in your place at that time. <laughs> might've been, or might've been when you're in Chicago, maybe, but I remember yeah, uh, yeah. talking about like, yep, I, they just came by and, but anyway, so that's, it's been more recent yeah, for me than you. Thing. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um I, I like I said, I was kind of never really in it. But yeah, I'd I say when I was nineteen. So George Elson says a guy I used to work with was Walter White smart and cleans houses. Such a waste of potential. Oh, witnesses love to fucking clean houses. Oh, yeah. They start businesses cleaning houses because what else are they going to do? Or washing windows or yep. putting stripe on cars because then you can py- you can work part-time, make just enough money, put food on the table, and then spend the rest of your time py- you know out in the field service knocking on yes. doors. You may be even special pioneer. My other, God. Yeah. And to what end? hundreds of millions of hours are spent knocking on doors in this fucking country. And uh, the last I know, the ro- rate of growth for Jehovah's Witnesses is somewhere between 2% and 0%. Like if it wasn't for them... So there's still like 6 million... If it wasn't for their poor family planning and reproductive control, the Jehovah's Witnesses would be double digits decline. Mm-hmm. But they f- fucking punch out enough new ones that... Here's the crazy thing that you might... Well, if you've seen Going Clear, you know about Scientology. There are only like 50,000 of them. Yeah. There are far more witnesses in this country. About 8 million now. Yes. And if you count everyone more. that goes to the memorial, it's like 20 million. You are way more likely to know someone in sure. Jehovah's Witnesses than Scientology. Uh, I, that that blew my mind. I assumed they were much bigger given what they own and how pervasive they are within pop culture, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Dan Gordon wonders, is the church broadly aware of bald move and what you guys are up to? We can begrudgingly thank them for birthing bald move, at least as you guys wouldn't know each other. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. I don't think so. But again, I can't imagine that they don't know. I've heard I've heard third hand crazy rumors told about myself, though. Yeah. Um, You know, because that's that's the thing is like I was like, uh, I was this myth. I was a, um, I don't know, an, an inspiration story, because I was this fa- I was this boy that was raised with a, without a father in the truth, and I did everything right. And I was a big part of different things. Like from very early on, I made ministerial servant very young. I pioneered for years. I gave parts on the big summer jam conventions where we sold out stadiums and stuff you were in dramas I was in dramas with you you're <laughs> you're you're pagan you're you're pagan uh, apostate yeah. ass uh, King that's a mind fuck um and it's and and there was no real reason for me leaving I just left and I one day I was there and one day I wasn't so I've heard a lot of people like that I'm like big on the drugs I got tired of having a family oh, yeah. I couldn't mm-hmm. take the stress of having a wife and kids anymore I went out to I mean all these yeah. just outrageous lies, um, primarily spread by my brother and mother. None. And every once in a while, I'll hear back. From, yeah, because how the hell would they know? You would think they would at least know you're around for your kid. My God. Well, that's the thing that was always, but they didn't. All you know, they didn't. Your because, ex doesn't. No, I'm saying they like, lie. My and this was the early days. So they would know, but they would straight up lie. Yeah, I think so. Mm. Um, or that wow. I was just doing. I was just doing the time. The, the hurt my ex or you know to to try to warp my son's mind or whatever ah okay um so i don't know that they know that i'm doing but on the other hand you you and peter were doing a podcast back when i was still jehovah's witness and you guys were both out yeah and i listened to your podcast you as you infiltrated witness, the ranks. i did peter dragon i was kind of half in half out so i sometimes i wonder if some of my old buddies yeah. haven't heard about this podcast and don't secretly listen from time to time and what they think of it. Or, are, the other thing is few like, people that I know, know about it. Like I, I was at a PAX one year within a big group and we're just talking oh, about yeah. gamers, talking about gamers and some dude walked by and he had a, uh, a Jehovah's witness protection pro- yeah. program t-shirt uh-huh. on. And I'm like, Oh, cool shirt. I used to be a Jehovah's witness. And he did too. And some dude just like turned and walked off uh-huh, and yeah. everybody's looking sheepish like, what's the deal. He goes, Oh, well he's a Jehovah's witness. And I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. You're at a video game convention. I don't know how he got away with it. He yeah. must have told his parents he was uh, out in field service. Out or studying something. the Bible or something. I'm yeah. like, you pig fucker. You He's pig got fucker. his suit in his backpack. He's gonna put it on before he goes home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's, you, you never know. I, I often wonder, like, there's probably witnesses, cause there's, I was kind of, um, when, when I, I you mean, know, my mom is very strict, even more so than most witnesses. I couldn't watch magic cartoons. I couldn't watch violent. I couldn't play violent video games. I couldn't watch, you know, anything that's rated over PG. Yeah, I was, I was there and too. when I got out on my own, I started saying like, well, I'm not going to go crazy, but I'm going to watch some of like the great rated R movies because mm. I'm an adult and I don't think it will corrupt to me. Yeah. Uh, and I kept it on the down low. Um. Because that was always the biggest fear. You go see a rated R. If you saw a rate, you come out walking out of a rated R. movie, and another Jehovah's Witnesses sees you, you're fucked. Well, no, it's it's mutual assured destruction, though, right? No, Big I'm saying Bambi. they're walking out of fucking Bambi two. <laughs> you're walking out of okay, yeah, yeah, Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. What are you here to see, brother? You know Hubbard. Uh Bambi two. You didn't see me back there. It's it's oh uh, shit. It's 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 nineteen eighty four. But, but okay that's what the caveat that watching R rated movies are not something you can actually get this fellowship for. They, they you will get marked. Yes. They will mark you. They meaning they will take away your privileges. They will mark Public you as a bad you. person. You won't get invited to like people's dinners, but you can still communicate with your family and all the all the stuff you were. Yeah. It's like this fellowship light. Yeah. You're it's, on probation. It's warning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but that's one of the few offenses that are like that. But I often wonder like there's smoking a cigarette is like, like if that. I was a 10 years ago and I really like breaking bad and I, and of course you're not going to talk about this in field service or at the meeting. Mm. And I found bald move podcast and I'm just like, Oh yeah, these guys are funny and they swear. And that's kind of funny. Cause that's a novel. That's the other thing is people think I swear a lot. It's because I'm making up for lost time. <laughs> I probably said like four or five swear words by the time I was 20 in my entire life. So maybe by the time I'm 45, 50, it'll even out and I'll go back to like a normal person. But right now I got a pretty filthy fucking mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then like they're just listening to our podcast. And then suddenly, bam, we, we hit the fact we're ex-Jehovah's Witnesses were disfellowshipped. That must blow their mind. And we're big oh, enough right that here. I, like if they're watching. Now? Not now, but like we've we've made reference to yeah, it enough. Yeah. And I'm almost certain with how many witnesses there are in the United States and around the world that that's happened at least once. And I would love, love to know. You'll never know. Like those, for exactly. We got someone here. listening. To our apostate bullshit, uh, we got someone in here that she is geeky. She's an ex uh, witness. Ah, yes, yeah, I knew that. Let's see what she says. In my case, the internet is helping me realize where some things I still find challenging are coming from. My mom got into Jehovah's Witnesses when I was in second grade, and even though I got out in my teens, I'm just now at the age of 49 realizing how things had affected. Yeah. I so I've got a lot of ex Jehovah's Witness friends on Facebook, and I came out intellectually. But there's a lot of people like you that they're teenagers and they really believed in Jehovah's Witness stuff, but they did stupid stuff that teenagers do like have sex. Sure. Yeah. Drink alcohol, smoke weed. They get kicked out. But until in mentally, they think they're doomed. Yeah. Like I've had several friends. And there is a path back in. I mean, I don't want to they make it. You know, not easy to get back in, but you can do it. You have to go to a congregation meeting and not miss any meetings for for like like six six months to a year, depending on how severe it was that you got out. Mm-hmm. Then you got to write a letter for reading. And you're doing this all the time feeling intense shame. No one will make eye contact no, with you. No one will speak to you, nothing. You come into the meetings, and you're a non-person for six months. And we had, like, a lobby area in our, yeah. in our hall where those people would kind of go and stand and be at the meeting but not have to be in the congregation. Sure. And then you write a letter begging the elders, this is why I fucked up, this is why I won't do it again, please, please, please let me back in. Mm-hmm. Then I uh, usually you're assigned a, an elder or somebody to study the Bible with you for a couple of months to make sure it's sincere. And then they will announce that you're and you're on the, the night that you're announced that you're reinstated. You get fucking love bombed. Sure. Everyone that has not talked to you for however long it's been comes up and gives you a big hug and says, welcome back. And I'm so glad I got my sister or brother back. <laughs> and it's such horseshit, man. It is. But yeah, a lot. You don't understand, like for witnesses that got kicked out for moral reasons and are still mentally in. Every single time there's a war, every single time there's a terrorist attack, every single time there's the Ebola scare, it's <laughs> potentially oh fuck, this is Armageddon, and I've waited too long, and now yeah. I want to be executed. And it's, it's it's and it's not just that too. I mean, like for someone who doesn't even believe in the shit that they were teaching me, yeah, uh, it's affected me in ways that I don't yet realize. Like she's geeky is saying. Sure. Um, there are certain, I don't know, my, my social connections have been stunted, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just that it's things like you feel guilty about a lot of stuff that you shouldn't feel sure. guilty about that that are normal human things, uh, that are so distorted by that religion that you just can't feel normal about them until you figure out, okay, here's why I'm feeling bad about this. Here's the reasons I shouldn't feel bad about it. And you got to kind of work through that. And I think- It just takes time. No, I went through. Even if you're not that deeply in it. So people who are. Yeah. Like you, who thoroughly believed it for so long, I can't even imagine. Uh, I mean, I went through three and a half years of therapy uh, to get over those things because it's just it's, you know, and it's not. It's just so many hangups about sex and, and politics like you're not allowed to vote. You're not allowed to pledge the allegiance. You're not, you're not supposed to like, if you're at a sporting event and it's all rise for the pledge of, or the national anthem, you're supposed to sit. Mm -hmm. Imagine what that's like in the fucking heartland of America. You're at a Colts game it's. I always dreaded it. I'm like, oh God, oh God, they're going to do this thing and like <laughs> 60,000 people are going to rise and I'm going to be sitting here and I'm going to be on the Jumbotron. <laughs> yeah, the Jumbotron. I'm going to have That's a guy the with a big American flag belt Asshole buckle. down and, at the bottom. And I've always been super patriotic. That's something else I've been guilty because I used to follow uh, politics and like have opinions about wars and shame on you. Anyway, <laughs> uh, she is geeky. If you haven't read Crisis of Conscious, I think you really should. Yeah. Because it will really help you get over a lot of that stuff because it helps it it's not that you got thrown out as a teenager or you couldn't fit and they were really right. They're wrong about everything. They're wrong about everything. Like yeah. even if you're, a, you're turning to mainstream Christian, the the precepts that they found their religion on and hang their hat on are vile twisted concepts of the message of Christ. And I'm not even a believer anymore. So it's like, it's, it's total bullshit and you shouldn't feel guilty. Sure. That, that's an excellent book. Uh, excellent. I feel like that <laughs> has been a fairly uh, good lunch with Jim and Aaron. I don't know if anyone uh, has any other questions for us. We can stick around for another five or ten minutes. Uh, we watched History of Violence today. We're getting back on the Commission podcast bandwagon. Yep. We're going to uh, maybe get a podcast out for it, uh, or at least record one today for it being out next week. Uh, we're going to start knocking more of those out. Yeah, so... We we had built up a backlog over the busy season. Yeah. Yeah. But I appreciate I I've been wanting an event for a while and I kinda of maybe think we should have done this as a podcast. I don't know. Eh. But um we we, we kind of were too late and we didn't feel like doing a whole podcast we didn't think we'd have that much to say and then you know we talked for about an hour, so sure. Yeah, it's it's pretty easy to talk about that stuff though. Honestly. Yeah, once you wind us up and get us going. Yeah, I'm very curious about how this this weekend's gonna go this with oh, my mom with the birthday, birthday party yeah. um i asked my son because when i found out it's going down i talked to my kid and i'm like because uh, he celebrates birthdays and stuff and he's with me uh uh-huh. i said your grandma and your uncle's going to be there or is it going to make you feel weird if we all do the happy birthday stuff and he's like no i'm like all right so because i'm very sensitive Good. i don't why should it i they're know they're the ones who should feel weird i know but i don't want to make him yeah do something he's not comfortable with certainly uh, that's not the way to win. i'm just glad he has that attitude sure yeah, he's not the one who's weird here. <laughs> um, let's see here. Wes Stevens has a Better Call Saul question for us. No, we're not doing. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking Chuck's disease is caused by him feeling guilty for how he treated Jimmy. Ah, uh, like yeah, I could see that. It's possible, it's just but eaten away at his insides. It seems like it happened in the last year. Yeah, and I'm trying to think what he did to Jimmy in the last year that would have made it come to a head. I'm I'm very interested in seeing exactly what caused his breakdown. Um, but so I, I don't were, know. That's a decent theory, though. Yeah, I don't... Wes. I can't tell when the mailroom scene happened. Like, when did he get his law degree? When did he get turned down for a job at H and m Well, he got... So, it was 10 total years, and he worked... Since Slippin' Jimmy got caught, and his brother And I thought they said it was off. seven years in the mailroom, and then I think... There's maybe a year of okay. him fucking around and, and trying to find until he went and so started So it have to doing, be, yeah, a couple of years interim. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if if he's been sick for, like, two years and has progressively got to where he's debilitated and he couldn't leave his house, then maybe that was the uh, one of the, the prime reactions or the prime motivations for it. But we don't know. We've never, never heard of Chuck having a family, have we? Like mm-hmm. they've never mentioned a wife or a child. Certainly no children. I. I wanna say that maybe I, they I, mentioned the wife I in think the early go? They might have, yeah. And that she maybe, I don't know, maybe this started after they had problems. I I'm no, I don't know. Yeah. Needless to say, I will watch the season again before next season. Uh Dan Gordon says, Aaron, how did you get introduced to nineteen eighty four? Did it open your eyes or did it just confirm things you already felt? Huh. I read 1984 in freshman in high school because I was in the gifted and talented program in my high school. Hmm. And it was one of the books selected for us to, the literature books to read. And, uh, it was a, one of those transform experiences where I felt like, you know, very claustrophobic reading it because it was very uncomfortable. And it's one of those things where like, I, I wish the, all Jehovah's Witnesses would see the Scientology video because it's devastating to see that yeah. pattern in your own life and how destructive it is. Mm-hmm. And it it did it it really shook it really shook me up. Yeah, I came out of that documentary very angry. Yeah, um, at both Scientology and you know that kind of cult mentality in general. But it's funny because – so I I shook it off, and I didn't read 1984 again until I think I bought – I saw it at a garage sale in my early 20s, and I purchased it for like 25 cents, and I read it again. And I've read it about every other year or so since, and it slowly started chipping away about like, man, all this newspeak shit and this cognitive dissonance and this informing on your friends and loved ones and these methods control are exactly what – I mean, definitely – Um, I gotta say that that's probably the first thing that I got involved with that really started prying open my mind an an inch. Mm -hmm. Um, there's like, I could go, I mean, there's probably 10 different things that had to happen in a precise order to get me out of that thing. And I consider myself very lucky. You know, one of the most disgusting things I think about that Scientology documentary that I didn't know or that, no, I guess I didn't know it at all. Um, when they do, the, whatever they call their meetings their their consultations the auditing auditing yeah when they do their auditing um they have you on the e-meter and they're saying remember all these things they're writing it down blackmail and they're saving that material for the day that you decide this is no longer for me and that's disturbing uh that's one, that is that's a, one up from what the witnesses do i was i was gonna say that that's a, that's something that the witnesses don't do um but i can see being very effective sure and it's it's pretty disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know that that there were a lot of reasons I was angry that the the woman whose child uh, when she was in Sea Org went to the the labor camp thing. Uh huh. Um, the. There, there's another woman at the end whose son. uh Was getting disconnected. Right. And she, you know, was trying to fight against it and she also got disconnected and then her daughter was like fuck you guys. Uh-huh. You're horrible. Uh shh. brutal. No, brutal I remember stuff. I remember the last conversation I had with my mother and I knew it was the last conversation I had and that yeah. really got me choked up cuz she was talking about trying to remember um all the and it's such a shock as everyone about every two or 3 years I'll see my mom in passing um yeah. and it's such such a shock because it's like you know your parents is the most familiar face you ever see like you know you're always seeing them every day or even if you're far away you hear to voice yeah but it's so surreal to be reintroduced to someone who is so familiar and they're now such a stranger mm-hmm. um it's it's a real shock but yeah that was a mind fuck where she's talking about hugging her daughter and trying to remember how <laughs> she smelled and felt and like yeah it's heavy shit man it's heavy shit yeah and it's bullshit too all right. I'm out of beer. This is intolerable. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, appreciate you listening to us vent about some of our life experiences. Yep. Uh, George Lantman says, thanks guys. This is great. Thank you guys for supporting us. Um, we wouldn't be able to be doing stuff like this without your guys' support. Yeah. You're not going to hear this on a podcast, unfortunately. <laughs> Probably not. It's kind no. of a, a niche, a niche thing. Unless we got into like some kind of the you leftovers know, religious or it came political. up a lot on the leftovers yeah but i mean not even there we're not going to go into this kind of depth no anywhere no. um we, do, we just don't run that kind of show so yeah.
1: anyway uh, this is where we do it yeah for th- guys.
0: thanks for coming out on a friday and we really appreciate your support and uh we'll be back next yeah. week we will See all right you guys then. have a great weekend